Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm going to teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. I have such a special treat for you today. I am re-airing an episode of the Grab Life by the Goals podcast with Lauren Widrick that I was interviewed on a couple of months ago. And to date, it has been one of my favorite interviews. I have had so many people reach out and say that they loved it. So I wanted to share that episode with you. In this episode, Lauren and I cover a ton of biohacks that are going to help you in your business. We talk about how to make your brain work faster and boost consistency of showing up for your business with your energy, how to construct a science-based wind-down routine for good sleep. We talk about how to optimize whole foods to create focus and stable energy so you don't get that afternoon energy dip, how to create discipline, how to plan for alcohol so it doesn't affect your business the next day, and how to hack light for better sleep at night and alertness during the day. We had so much fun. After the interview is done, I want you to stay tuned because I'm going to be telling you about a free event that I'm doing inside Lauren's community, The Squad, and it's going to be about biohacking your focus. This is content that I have never taught anywhere else on the podcast, on Instagram, anywhere, and it is completely free. It is going to be a one hour seminar with a Q&A at the end, and I would love for you to be there. So don't forget to stay tuned to the end to get all of the details on that. So without wasting any more time, let's hop into this guest episode that I did on the Grab Life by the Goals podcast. What's up, my badasses? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Grab Life by the Goals podcast. And we are joined today with Tanessa Shears, who is a health consultant for entrepreneurs. So I'm over here raising my hand like, oh my God, I need this. I know you guys are too. So Tanessa, welcome to the Grab Life by the Goals podcast. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to dive into this conversation today. Oh my gosh, me too. Well, I feel like it's number one, right? Health has to come first, but this is so hard for entrepreneurs, busy professionals, busy people in general. And if you go to Tanessa's Instagram feed, which I recommend doing right now, her account to the show notes, it is packed with potent actionable tips that make it seem accessible. So I really appreciate that about you. And Tanessa, can you tell everybody like, how did you get into this and why, why this mission? Why are you so passionate about health? for entrepreneurs and busy people. Yeah, it was interesting. I opened my first business in 2014 and I was a personal trainer and I got filled to 33 client hours a week really quick, which is a lot of time to be spending. Yeah, it was a lot. And it was so much fun though, because I was also like 22 or 23 at the time. And I had all the energy for it. Um, But there was a point about three to four years into my business when I was like, all of my clients are entrepreneurial. Like, what is this? You guys tell me what's going on. And they're like, you know, we originally came for you because we wanted to like get in shape and all the the usual stuff that we look at health for. But then they started saying to me, it's interesting though. I noticed that I don't get that afternoon energy crash, which is making me so much more productive in my business. I don't have the aches and pains so I can stay at my desk and feel a lot more focused. My, I'm waking up more well-rested. I'm getting better sleep. And I was like, this is interesting. So I slowly started pivoting my marketing to entrepreneurs and realizing that since I owned my business, I mean, these are my people. I know what we struggle with. I know the thoughts that we have around, you know, my business, I need to get this done and I will take care of my health. I promise. But just as soon as I get 
to five figure months because I'm just in, you know, hustling grind, five figure months, six figure year. Horizon keeps moving on those goals and we never get around to actually taking care of ourselves. But what we're missing out on is the fact that it doesn't have to be a choice. You don't have to choose your health or the success of your business. And in fact, having the health and the brain performance enhances how you show up in your business and your consistency and your productivity and your ability to think outside of the box. So when I was starting to tie those two ideas together, I was like, oh my gosh, this is how you scale a sustainable business as a CEO. This is how you show up long-term and know that in five years from now, 10 years from now, you have the energy to accommodate the team that you bring on and the size of the business you have, because without your health, you don't have a business. If any of us have been sick over the last couple of years, you're laying on that couch and all you want is to feel better. And all of a sudden, how many Instagram posts you pump out, podcasts you listen to, none of it matters while you're laying there just being like, I just don't want to feel this terrible all the time. So hence was born my health consulting practice is basically helping entrepreneurs optimize their body and their brain so that they can have more productivity, energy, and growth in their business. Sister preach. Like I'm over here nodding. My neck is about to fall off my body. Cause I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Health is the X factor to performance, but so often we sacrifice it in order to perform more. Like I need to put in a, I do this all the time. Like I, should I work out or should I put in an extra hour on cleaning up my email inbox? And you're inspiring me to say like, look, if I, if I take care of my body, my health, my brain, my sleep, I can do both. So tell everybody, what are some of the areas that you focus on with your entrepreneurs? So I've seen you on Instagram talk a lot about sleep, brain health, exercise. Like, do you have a few core pillars you focus on or is it the whole enchilada? You know, it's interesting. This has shifted a lot over the last couple of years. Like if you'd asked me two years ago, like what are your pillars, so to speak? I would have told you, yeah, we got to exercise. We got to eat well. We've got to have stress resiliency and we have to sleep well. But what I have now found, and this became very potent when I had my first daughter and I was sleep deprived. Like as we all are, we're up every two to three hours. And I noticed that I would go into my client sessions and I was like, my brain can't form proper sentences. I can't do my job right now. And I know what I'm experiencing is so much more exaggerated than what most people experience. But if I'm feeling this on five to six hours of fragmented sleep, you dang well sure this is translating over to people that are sleeping six, six and a half, seven hours of sleep as well, that they're not getting that level of clarity and performance that they would mm -hmm. want. So what I started to see was that when we proactively tackle sleep first, it creates not only the mental space, but the time that we need to tackle everything else in our health. It is literally like, you've heard that saying, um, when we were rising tide lifts all boats. Yes. That is what sleep is. And it is one of those things that we think that is like just an obligation we have at the end of the day. No, it is the foundation to how your brain works and how your body performs every day. So if there's somebody like me, I'm obsessed with everything you're saying for myself. Somebody who's like, oh my gosh, I need to work on movement. I need to work on screen time. I need to work on diet. Like I need to work on all of it and I'm overwhelmed. You would say, start with sleep. Yeah, Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, because we have this interesting notion that like, if I just like stay up two hours more and get two hours more done, then I'll be more productive and it's fine. It's just two hours of sleep. But what we're not, what we're missing is the fact that if we cut into our sleep, we're not only less productive the next day, but none of the work we do is of the quality and the impact that we want because we're just not able to think clearly. So one of the things that I always say is like, if you think about 
meal prepping and grocery shopping. And honestly, even if you're ordering in your meals and if you're thinking about exercise and taking on meditation and yoga, those all require time. Entrepreneurs are notoriously short on time. So this is why we're like, yeah, let me just wait until I can hire a team before I start doing any of that because I don't have any time right now. But the fascinating thing that happens during sleep is when your brain is in a state of peak performance and it works better, what takes you six hours now takes you four. You are no longer getting distracted by Amazon tab open. Your phone is blinking. You got an email that came in. You, you mm. aren't very quick with your thinking. So now you take that extra hour or two on your day that you have created and you insert your health habits there. That is how you create time instead of trying to force it into an already full schedule that is being run by a brain that is exhausted. This is so good. A rested brain can work faster. I'm always talking to my clients about quantum solutions, and this seems like one to me, right? Like if I, for instance, I'll give a real life example. I am finishing up a back end Kajabi offer for a new thing I'm selling. I'm struggling with this thing today for sure. And I know that if I had better sleep, I could probably just put my focus cap on, knock it the fuck out and move on to something else like moving my body. And I have to believe that when you're well-rested, you're just more sparkly as I like to call it. So when you go live on Instagram, like you're sharp, you're witty, you can access your memories and you can respond to things real time. So there's the practical, get more shit done. And then I think there's the sparkle factor, right? Oh, absolutely. I always call it creating that magnetism, like drawing mm-hmm. people to you and having people want to be involved in your energy. And that's what I think. Like realistically, a lot of our clients, they work with us because they want to be in that energy. Like they want that energy. It's not because of like, I mean, I could sit here all day and tell you like, here is what time we should start our wind down routine. And then you should go and buy these glasses because they'll make you sleep better. Like that's all great. And you could find that on Google, but what makes a difference is, are we able to act activate people? Are we able to inspire them? And I think we have a hard time letting that shine through when our brain feels foggy and cloudy and we don't want to show up and we woke up late. So we didn't do our hair. We don't want to show up on Instagram because we're looking funky that day. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it really (laughs) rolls into each other in terms of creating just that momentum of kind of living into that feeling you want to have when you run a business. Oh my God, Tanessa, you are very activating. Like I'm listening to you and I've been following you for a long time, but I'm listening to you like, I'm going to do this shit because she's exciting me about it. So let's talk about a couple practical things that people can do for sleep. And then we can move on to some of your other pillars, right? So sleep first, but I struggle with this. I struggle with going to bed on time. My kids like to get in and out of my bed. Um, I have to pee in the middle of the night. I've looked at my screen, the blue lights going into my brain. There's so much to probably tackle, but for somebody who's listening and they're like, where do I start? What's the one or two things they can do to begin to improve their sleep quality? Yeah. And I think the way we'll talk about this is in a way that I want to excite you guys listening about sleep because it's not a sexy topic. I've swiped (laughs) through the Instagram stories. I'm like, I get enough sleep. We're fine. What I want to like show you guys is things that like made me go, what? I didn't know that. And so when we're talking about how we feel coming out of sleep, like we want to feel, we want to wake up well-rested. We want to wake up with energy and we want to wake up feeling clear. So those are kind of the guidelines that I like to set up to start. And sleep is a two component thing. It is just as much about how much sleep you are getting as the quality of sleep we're getting. 
So one of the big first aha moments for me when I really started looking at my sleep was when I was pregnant last time and I got a Fitbit because I was like, I'm going to be one of those pregnant ladies. That's like super fit all the way to the end and walk. Nobody tells me about the pelvis pain that comes with being pregnant. So that did not happen. However, I'm looking at my sleep on the Fitbit And I was one of those people who was like, I get enough sleep. It's fine. Like, I don't feel that tired. Like, it's just normal. It's because I have kids. It's because I'm working so much. Like, all these are the reasons I'm tired and I get enough sleep. So I used to go to bed at around, you know, 11 and wake up at seven. And to me, that's eight hours of sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. do the math. But what I didn't know at the time was that there is a difference between the time that you are actually asleep. And the time that you are attempting to sleep, which is called the opportunity you give yourself to sleep. Now, Mm. here's what I didn't know. Once we turn out the lights, we're not sleeping. Like our brain takes time to descend into sleep. And we also wake up at the end of every sleep cycle, even if we don't consciously remember it. And then, like you said, we're waking up to go pee or we're entrepreneurs and we just decide to review our to-do list for 30 minutes at 4 a.m. in the morning. Oh God, yes, we do. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, this is probably what I should think about for 30 minutes right now. And then there's also the time that our brain is coming out of sleep on the other end. And so part of what I do in my consulting work is I use wearable tech with my clients. I export that data. I put it on a beautifully colored spreadsheet and I look for trends because we always want to compare our data. So when I'm looking at this and what I started noticing was the average person is awake between an hour and an hour, about 17 minutes on average. I've had clients that are awake hour 45 every night. I've had clients that are also awake less than that, but let's just take the average of an hour 15. Most people give themselves seven hours to sleep. You subtract off an hour 15. We're at 545. You are actually sleep deprived and you will feel the cognitive impairment of that the next day. So I was like, what? How come I am I'm, too. Not- I'm having that thought right now. Like you can go to bed on time. You can wake up on time, but if you are awake for an hour and a half in the night, you're sleep deprived. Yes. And most, almost yeah. everyone that comes in to work with me usually is shocked that they're not getting as much sleep as they thought they were. So the first thing we have to do is give ourselves enough sleep opportunity to allow for that awake time. And yes, part of the goal in improving your sleep is naturally like, yeah, we want to decrease the amount of times you wake up. We want to decrease how long you're awake. That's part of the goal too. But right off the bat, let's get our brain up to speed and start getting enough sleep. So we're not sleep deprived. So really looking at if I want to be spending seven and a half hours of sleep, I'm going to try to be in bed with the lights out for eight and a half hours and then see how much better I feel because of that. Wow. So I heard you mention earlier, a wind down routine. Can you give an example? Yeah, I love a good wind down routine because to to get sciencey, but so fun about it, our brainwaves right now, while we're having this conversation and for anybody who's listening is in a state called beta. So our brainwaves are alert. We are focused. We are thinking about what we're hearing. This is beta. We want this in our business because this is what makes us highly effective. However, we like to stay in beta all the way up until we go to sleep. And then we like to turn the lights out and be like, well, why can't I fall asleep? Or if you fall asleep because you're so exhausted, why am I going through my to-do list at 4 a.m.? Because there are states between beta and sleep, which we need to slide through to have really luxurious quality sleep. So I also like to think of instead of like car crashing into sleep with your brain, 
let's think about, you know, putting on the brakes, slowing it down. So there's a couple states that come next. And the next natural one is called alpha brainwave state. This is when we start reducing our input from the outside world. Now, if you think about our days, we spend all day consuming other people's thoughts, information, ideas, input into our brains. When do we turn everyone else off? I mean, I even do laundry listening to a podcast. There is constant input. True. I do too. Right. Mm -hmm. I know. And that, cause that feels productive. It does feel good. Like I'm a shower podcast listener too, but like, I always want to make sure that I'm starting to remove outside stimuli. So in that in that hour before bed, I am looking at how can I remove stimuli, not only from information. So Instagram scrolling TV, stuff like Mm -hmm. that, but what about like screen stimulation? Like how can, or light overhead, like how can I wind my brain down with the sensation and bring in feelings of relaxation and refreshed and restoration and reflection, like all of these things are states I want to take my brainwave through. So how that looks for me is after I read my daughter, her bedtime story, put her to bed. I then go, I brush my teeth. I have the lights dimmed. I wash Mm. my face. I take my makeup off. I put my PJs on my pick out my clothes for tomorrow. I'm kind of just spending some time going in. I'll get into my bed. I'll read a book. I start to feel myself getting sleepy. Sometimes I fall asleep reading, but sometimes I'll put my book down and I'll do a little bit of breathing. And this is where we can start to transition into that dream state. And it's called theta brainwave slowing down, right? It's kind of that task automation, pulling everything inwards and then Delta waves are the slowest brainwave state. That's when we get into sleep. So do you see that? slip like that luxurious slide into sleep where you can feel everything slowing down. That's what we want your brain to do as opposed to like, what's going on tomorrow? Did the kids get to bed? Is the dog walked? Is the kitchen clean? Like, what do I have to do? Can I plan my day tomorrow to sleep? Oh my gosh. I got relaxed listening to you talk about the slide, the luxury of a nighttime routine and sliding into sleep. And then when you describe the alternative, mm-hmm. I got anxious, even just listening to that. So does this look like journaling? Does this look like meditating? How do you feel about listening to a guided meditation at bedtime? Or is that an outside stimulus? Oh, what do you, you know think about those? You know, what's kind of fun. I always look at it is how does it make you feel? Because mm. for some people, it's interesting. I've talked to some clients that find that focusing on my body and doing like the progressive relaxations makes me anxious. Like it's a, it's a weird feeling in my, some people like, some people like to write. I always just like the idea of pulling inward. And honestly, you can do yoga, you can do stretching, you can read, you can meditate, you can do a puzzle. Why don't you try painting? Like, I'm just talking about taking everyone else's brain, turning them down or off and starting just to be with how you're feeling about your day, how you're thinking about your day. And just, it'll show up differently for everyone, but I think it's really testing what works. And just because it works for one doesn't, might not mean it works for another. And a good example is reading a book because for me, reading a book puts me to sleep. But if someone else were to pick up a business book before bed and they have their highlighter out and the sticky notes, and they're like, this is content. That is not alpha activity. That is not that slide into sleep. We're tricking ourselves and trying to stay busy telling ourselves we're reading. So we don't look at the activity. We look at how does the activity make us feel? Oh, so it's personalized. This is, I love this about your approach is that it's not a one size fits all activity list, Mm -hmm. but what you insist upon is that it makes you feel relaxed and that you give yourself that extra sleep opportunity. 
Yeah. And that's what we look at. And we see it in the data. I mean, if your wind down routine is effective, you will likely have more consolidated sleep that less wake ups. You will likely have more deep sleep. You will likely have more REM sleep, which are the two main components of sleep. And we start to see those. We also monitor different variables, which measure our body's stress resiliency. And we're watching specifically. I put that wind down routine into place. Did the data actually reflect that change? If not, what can I change? Because I know as entrepreneurs, our brains, we work in return on investment. That is why I love the data. It is clear. Did that work? Did it not? If it worked, I keep it. If not, I don't have time to be spending all day doing 900 health habits just because someone on the internet said I should. Does the data say it works for me? Does that wind down routine actually make me sleep better? No, let's Uh, edit something in it. I love the return on investment. This Mm -hmm. is how we think. So if anybody's like, ah, I'll worry about sleep later. What if you could translate it to time? What if you could translate it to dollars, let alone ease and joy in your business? I'm talking dollars, right? Mm -hmm. What if that extra investment in your wind down routine actually resulted in extra sales calls? It sounds like it could. This is so activating, Tanessa. You are so good. All right. So let, we've kind of touched on sleep quality. I know you could probably go so much deeper, but I want to expose everybody to the other things that you help with. So what would be the next priority? Let's say we've dialed in our sleep. Then for most of your clients, what's the next thing they look at? Yeah. So a lot of it will depend on kind of what area might need the biggest pickup to start. Mm -hmm. But generally I do like to start talking about food because one of our priorities as entrepreneurs is to be able to show up to our desk with clear thinking and produce unique out of the box ideas, right? That's our job. And the size of the problem we could solve is related to how big of a solution we can create. So I want my brain on point for this. So what I start to talk about is this idea of reducing inflammation and brain fog by stabilizing our blood sugar. Okay. This might be a concept where people, a lot of times we're like, blood sugar has to do with diabetics. It doesn't have to do with me. We all have blood sugar. (laughs) That's the thing. And so we need to have a better idea on what is called fancy term. Don't need to know it. Glycemic variability. So what this means is how much our blood sugar changes during the day. Because if you are someone that wakes up and then you go through your day and all of a sudden you get that afternoon energy crash or you feel foggy in the afternoon, it may very well be tied to what you're eating. So to break this down, when we eat foods, specifically carbohydrates of all types, whether that comes from vegetables, fruits, pasta, bread, whatever it is, that enters our blood and naturally our blood sugar goes up. We have a hormone called insulin. Insulin's job is just to take it back down. Now, the more often we experience those increases and decreases in blood sugar and the, the size of the peak. So if we have like cake, for example, that'll have Mm -hmm. a huge, or what about like a huge pasta lunch? You ever wanted to go to sleep after a huge pasta lunch? Every damn time. Yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Our body's telling us like, let's get some quick energy in there. So this happens. And when, what goes up? meaning our blood sugar has to come down. And with that comes our clarity and our energy. So we start getting crashes midday. So what does that look like in like practicality? We want to be consuming more whole foods, whole foods. Did it come from the ground at some point or did it have a mother? (laughs) Those are whole foods. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So they tend to, and I mean, everyone's different in their response, but those tend to have the smallest effect on our blood sugar. So what we're looking at is when we are looking at our plates, I'm asking, okay, 
do we have whole foods on here? And the foods that do tend to keep our blood sugar stable, which means just translate that to keep my mind clear, keep my energy sustainable is, is there a healthy fat on there? I'm talking things like avocados, nuts, olive oil. Are there vegetables on my plate for the fiber? Is there some protein in there? Like these are the core components because when I'm talking to entrepreneurs and it's quick grab lunches, it's a bowl of cereal, it's ramen, it is, um, you know, some kind of noodles out of a package. It's a sandwich, it's leftover pasta. It's that quick, convenient food, which doesn't tend to have that whole food nature to it. So really looking at how can I strategically use my food to keep my blood sugar stable, especially while I am working and need that brain focus. Mm-hmm. So how do you resist that urge to reach for a coffee or a shitty protein bar? Or like you said, pasta cereal, like what about when that craving comes up? How do you advise your clients? Yeah. So I love, I love talking about cravings. Cause I really just feel like that's drama for our brain that we haven't dealt with yet. We as humans especially if we haven't practiced it and made it a discipline are horrible at telling ourselves no. So one of the things I always love to do in part of my practice is it's a twofold approach of specifying a a specific period of time in which we do no sugar, no flour. Now, this is not to be rigid, to follow a diet or anything like that. It's twofold. Number one is it really helps you to lower and keep stable blood sugar so that you are making decisions from a place that's not about cravings. Cause once you cut that stuff out, your body stops requiring it all the time. Right? So that's part one is we literally just clear out the inflammation and the brain fog, stabilize your energy. And part two is it brings up all your drama. It's so good. We want to bring up your drama around food because that's when we start noticing how many emotional ties we have around food. I get tired in the afternoon and it just feels good to have that pick me up or I'm bored or I'm anxious or I'm stressed out because this link isn't working and my thing is going live in two hours and eating food will actually help, especially carbohydrates, boost that serotonin. So I want to bring up that drama so that I can teach my clients how to not only handle an urge without having to respond to it and not allow it to run them over, but to how to deal with that. And also how to create a relationship around food where we are making those decisions ahead of time from our prefrontal cortex and not from our emotions. Cause that's how I run around my business from my head and not my emotions in the moment. That's how I want to treat my food too, because it's creating the stable brain, which allows me to run my business. Genius. Okay. So I'm a boredom eater, a stress eater and a celebration eater. I'm very much an overeater. So you're talking about like, I always say my number one cock block to my business and actual sex (laughs) is my food baby. I am my worst when I have a food baby and it's the wrong foods. It's brain fog. I feel sluggish. I feel just kind of, and I know it was a quick fix to go grab Doritos. Like, you know, I got off a stressful call or a great call that took all my energy. And I'm like, Doritos will replenish me, right? Or such and such will replenish me, but it never works. So taking the emotion out of it and understanding how to handle the triggers has to be a superpower for your clients. Yeah, it's by making decisions ahead of time from a place of what you want for your long-term life and not what just feels good now. I mean, isn't that exactly what it takes to grow a successful business? It's about showing up and doing the work that's uncomfortable, even if you don't feel like it because of the benefit down the road. And that's why like, that's like going back to your first question, why entrepreneurs? Because we often think that 
in order to get my health in line, I'm going to have to develop this whole new skill set. I'm going to have to be more disciplined. I'm going to have to learn how to be consistent because I fall off the wagon all the time. Like, how do I develop this skill set? And I love this because I say to my clients, you already have that skill set. Look at the business you've created. Like I just onboarded a client recently and he has, he has an eight figure business and he was like, I have no willpower and no discipline. I was like, that's not true. <laughs> Look at what you built. You have that skill of doing what is uncomfortable of experiencing failure and learning from it and not letting it drown you. You know what it means not to quit. Let's transfer that skill set over to your health. It's not like you're developing something from the ground up. You have it. You just haven't learned how to apply that willingness to be uncomfortable to food or to going to bed on time or to exercising. You were thinking long-term about your business. I just need to teach you how to have that same thought process about your health. That is genius. I've never heard it said that way before. And it's true. And what you said translates to something I share with my clients as well, which is, imperfect, messy action, willingness to try, willingness to fail and go again. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cause in our business, like we coach on this and anybody who's gotten to a six, seven or eight figure business has failed a lot, but they've found the tenacity to try again and swing again. Why don't we do that with health? We say, we're going to go on a whole 30 or a cleanse or a, I'm going to work out every day. And then on day five, when we fuck up, we go off the wagon forever, but we don't do that in business. Yeah. We don't we open assess, our business. We strategize and we go again. That's yeah. Cool. And you don't open your business and be like, it's $500,000 by first year out the gate. And if I don't hit that, then I'm just going to like completely destroy everything I've done in the last two weeks, <laughs> just because it's ridiculous. We wouldn't do that because a, we know that, okay, well, let's set something that I can hit based on what I know. And let's start implementing small things at a time. Let's, okay, that didn't work, but that's totally okay. Or this didn't work. Was it my thoughts about it? Or was it the actual strategy? And we, we think about our businesses on such a different way than we do our health. And they're no different. It is literally that willingness to be uncomfortable. Know you're going to be uncomfortable and be okay with it. And then consistently look at the data to say, is this the right strategy? And when we have enough evidence, it's not, we just try a different strategy. It's not a big deal. It doesn't reflect on you, but we make it reflect on us. And that's why we quit so much. It's just, it's too hard. I can't figure it out. I would have figured it out by now. How come this worked for that person? Didn't work for me. It's the same reason the same business models don't work for people. Some people are great one-on-one -on -one coaches. Some people do great group programs. Some people have memberships. It doesn't mean that their way is wrong. It just might not be for you. And you have to be willing to suck at it and figure it out. 100%. Oh my gosh. I am literally mind blown. I love this conversation. I've never thought about being the CEO of my body or the CEO of my health. I've always said to myself, I need to get my shit together. I'm going to try and be healthier. I'm going to go on a cleanse. I'm going to try and work out more. That's the language I use. I've never said to myself, I'm going to be the CEO of my body. And I'm going to create a strategy and test and iterate with that strategy until it's successful and returns on that investment. That is so sexy, Tanessa. I love this. I know we're all really kind of data people a little bit, or at least return on investment people. Oh, yeah. So when we can see it and be like, that didn't work, but that's okay because here's why. It's so much less personal. You're just trying to solve a different problem. You got it. It's not, I suck. I failed. I fell off the wagon again. It's what didn't work. So I'll give you an example. Um, I have a tricky relationship with alcohol. I always have. I've talked about it on this podcast. In fact, in fact, I had to cut it out for like a year and a half in the 2019, 2020, because it was getting very gray area drinking problem. 
and it rears its ugly head. Sometimes I do drink now, but I'm taking a month off as we speak, because I'm leading up to the launch of my new membership, the grab life by the goal squad. And I said, it's my one thing, you know, like they say the one thing or the rising tide lifts all boats. I know if I just cut the booze, I will probably sleep better and eat better and look better. And you know, all the things that matter, but I'm still tempted right now. Like literally tonight, you know, I want to go have a white claw by my pool. And I'm thinking to myself, is the juice worth a squeeze? Because if I skip these stupid two or three seltzers by my pool, I will be better for my clients, better for my launch, better for the team I'm hiring. And it's actually motivating me to stay the course. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's interesting. What, what you're saying is I, I wanting to integrate real life into your health practice. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do, I'm actually working with a client on this exact thing right now, because he's at like the five nights a week, enjoying a gin and soda or whatever, like that in the evening. And he's just like, his energy's crashing in the day, everything that, you know, most of us experience when our health isn't where we want it to be. And we come at it from the, the mindset of, we don't want to be like pure. And this is the only right way to be is no alcohol. Because I mean, some people enjoy that. I mean, some people enjoy cake, some people enjoy exercise. Like it's, so one of the things that I have shared um, that might be really helpful if anybody's listening and they're trying to find that moderation in there is this, use your prefrontal cortex to plan ahead of time when you will have a drink. We'll just use that as an example, mm. what you will drink and how much you will drink. And then it becomes not, I can, or I can't, but it's, I'm making this decision from a place where I know that this is the decision I intend to make. And it's not a response from having a crappy day out of emotions. So what we're doing with him is he's like, yeah, my friend's 40th birthday is on Saturday. I'm going to have six drinks. And I was like, great, have at it because I've presented the science about what alcohol will do to your sleep, but we're all adults. We get to make intentional decisions about what we want to do with our health. But at the same point now, he's like, okay, here's what I made the decision on for my drinking. Now it is my job to work on the drama and that skill of upholding what I said ahead of time. And I love that. You just solved a major problem for me because you're right. It has occurred (laughs) to me. June 6th is my date where I'm like, if I can make it to June 6th, that alcohol, then I'll reassess, right? It's black or white because I'm a tricky drinker, but If there is an event, I'm going to go after this podcast, look at my calendar. And if there is an event that feels like a girl's night out or some reason where like a cocktail makes sense, and I would, I would feel deprived and sad ass about not having one. Okay. That night I get to have two. I planned it in advance, two glasses of champagne, decision fatigue gone. Yeah. Craving based decisions gone. Yeah. 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 And then you're intentionally knowing that like, okay, well, I'm totally willing to, you know, take this step because this feels like a good fit for my life. And it is a decision that I made. What I like to do is take people out of the emotional decision-making that's happening around food, around staying up past bedtime, around skipping workouts. I mean, why do we skip our workouts? I don't feel like it. Yeah. If we're always relying on feeling, we grow nothing. We create nothing. So I always like, okay, let's not like be puritanical about it. Let's just set some guidelines right now around what you want for your life. If you were to intentionally choose it. That is so powerful. And so boss, like that is CEO shit. Okay. So we have talked about sleep. We've talked about food. We've talked about diet, wait, food and diet are the same thing. (laughs) I need you. Maybe I'm having brain fog. We've (laughs) talked about drinking a little bit. Uh, what other biohacks do you have? Because I love your Instagram feed. You're always talking about like, I think they're cool 
like tips and tricks, like wearables and the blue light blocking glasses? Like what are some of your favorite biohacks that people can kind of play with? Yeah. So let's talk about light because honestly, you know how, when you're, you go through obsessions in your life where you just can't stop learning about something and it's like a sickness. That's what I'm doing right now with light and how it affects our body. Um, so specifically one of the greatest things that you can do for your health and your sleep in general is be very intentional about your light exposure. And most of us never considered light exposure and how it affects our health, but we all have an internal body clock. It is called your circadian rhythm. It basically dictates what time our temperatures go up and to go down hormones release and don't we digest. We don't, we sleep like it runs the show. Every organ has a body clock. One of the biggest things that keeps us in sync with that clock is light. Now, when we are out of sync with that clock, we feel foggy and we feel like we have jet lag. Our digestion is off. Mm -hmm. Our energy is off. Our sleep is off. Our fogginess is there. You know what I mean? So one of the things is like, okay, how can we manipulate the light during the day to just mm -hmm. give us more energy? So let's start in the morning. You say you wake up and even let's say you're feeling a little foggy and tired because there's no perfect in all of this. So we wake up. And one of the things that cues our brain to stop producing the sleepy hormone and start feeling awake, alert, and in a good mood is light. Now, what do we do? We sit in our kitchens and they're, they may feel bright, but they're not that bright. So one mm. of the best things you could do is expose your eyes, even on a really cloudy day to the day outside for 10 to 15 minutes. And it is amazing what that light entering your eyes and affecting your hormones will do for your energy that day. Wow. So going through the day, we want to try to spend 20 to 30 minutes exposing our eyes to daylight. Now, here's the thing. I know we can't all be outside all the time. So I love nerding out about this stuff. There is an app you can download on your phone. It is called Lux Meter or Lux if you're on Android and you can point it at things and see how bright things are. Now, if you want to keep your energy up during the day, you want to have consistent high intensity light coming in. So moving your desk two feet closer to the window will have an effect on your energy. Basically, oh my gosh. I know I was literally, <laughs> I've been walking around my house with my light meter, like pointing it here, take two steps this way, pointing it here, moving my desk around, watching where I have my coffee and my lunch and everything like that. But it makes such a difference. But if we also want to think about bringing our energy up in the early part of the day, we want to use light to wind us down at the end of the day. Now, if you think about how the sun sets, it gets lower in the sky, it gets dimmer, light gets red and orange and yellow. We want to mimic that. But the problem is we have indoor lighting and it pretty much hoops us and throws off all the hormones that help us generate really good quality sleep. So in the hour and a half before bed, what I like to start thinking about doing is, okay, can I dim my lights if I have the opportunity to put them on a dimmer switch? Can I turn off my overhead lights and turn on a lamp? See, lower lighting. Okay. Can I put in a yellow bulb in my bedside table lamp instead of a bright white? So mimicking that sunset. And all of these things cue our brain to begin that wind down process. And it actually facilitates sleep. And if we know that one of the best things we can do for our stress during the day is have a good sleep, this is a great thing to do. So that's just easy things. I mean, turn off your overhead lights, put on a salt lamp or a yellow toned lamp, really easy things we can do. But then if you want to get nerdy, I have a pair of glasses that I love and they have red lenses on them. Mm -hmm. And essentially it filters out all spectrums of light except for red. 
And red is like the sunset. It tells our brain, pump up some melatonin, time to go to sleep. And within usually 90 minutes of putting them on, I'm falling asleep. They're fantastic. So it's a really cool little biohack that you can do to accelerate that process, especially if you need to be on a screen working late or you want to stay up watching TV one night. It is something that can help mitigate the effects of the blue lights that are keeping your brain awake. These hacks are amazing and so actionable. I love all of this. Okay, this will be my final question for you. I need to let the audience know that Tanessa is 36 and a half weeks pregnant with a two-year-old daughter. So I'll tell you what, when I was 36 and a half weeks pregnant, I was not as radiant and energetic as you are. (laughs) So what are your personal habits? I know everybody's different, but how are you this bright, this shiny with a two-year-old and nine months pregnant and here on me with this podcast? Yeah. So you know what the interesting thing is? I think looking at how I want to treat my brain and body so that I perform optimally, I'm also like that with my daughter because sometimes the pushback I get, the natural pushback I get from parents is like, my kids control my sleep. My kids, you know, dictate my schedule. They, if they don't go to bed on time, I have to stay up later having me time and all of this stuff like that. So one of the things I looked very heavily into was optimizing my daughter's health first, because if she is able to sleep better, guess who gets to sleep better? me, right? So I'm implementing many of the same biohacks. I'm lowering the lights, reducing stimulation. I'm making sure she has her blackout blind. She has her sound machine on like very much that routine that creates a nice environment for her to, to get used to going to sleep. So once I have her sleep figured out, then I can focus on me. Right. And so knowing that right now, I mean, I have miserable hip pain. I am up four or five times a night. My (laughs) sleep is disrupted. I am very much feeling the way I know a lot of my clients feel very early on is the the fragmented sleep. It's not, I'm not as clear, but I know for a fact, if I hadn't been taking care of myself during this time, how much more like my last pregnancy it would have been where I pretty much felt exhausted. Right. So I think it's that combination of like, I know I'm going to be going through this stressful period. For me, it's a physical stress. For you, it might be an emotional stress or um, a psychological stress if you're going through a really big launch or something like that. Mm -hmm. How can I preemptively create space for recovery? So that means to me, I am in bed at 8 p.m. because I need the extra sleep opportunity because of how much I'm awake right now. I know for a fact that my body needs to be eating healthy or my energy that is already struggling right now would be Mm -hmm. even worse. So I'm looking at like, no matter what stressors we have, and like I said, they can come in nutritional or mental or psychological or stuff like that. How am I creating the space for this kind of push pull during this period of time where my body or my health isn't where I want it to be. And so I think that that it's two part. It's making sure my daughter has what she needs to have the, the sleep that she needs to wake up feeling probably as good as she feels. She runs around all day. And then it's setting, uh, it's, it's putting the cushion in place because I'm in a time right now where you're right. If my workouts are like 15 or 20 minutes now, instead of 40 minutes, I'm definitely eating differently than I usually would. I'm not as sleeping as well. So what can I take off my plate? And for me, that honestly meant taking Thursdays completely off. Ooh, you just create the cushion. Yeah. Cause if I want to have the focus and the energy on the days I do work, 
I have to make sure the time that I'm not working is not working. I'm not engaged in busy work. I am reflecting. I am using that downtime to recharge. You know what? You practice what you preach because I typically record my podcast on Thursdays and we were going to try and schedule that. And you said, actually, no, I'm not on on Thursdays. Can we do a Monday or Wednesday? And here we are on Wednesday recording. And so making those boundaries unfuckable with is so inspiring to me. And I'm really, gosh, everything you're saying, I'm going to go back and listen to my own podcast episode with you, take notes, implement this stuff. And I know everybody is thinking the same thing. So can you tell everybody where to find you, how to follow you and then how people can work with you? Yeah. So if you're like, I love all these hacks, like the really (laughs) actionable ones, I have a playbook called 12 ways to biohack your energy. And these are the 12 that like, okay, these make a huge difference when I use them with clients. So if you're just like, give me a couple to jump on right now, go to tenessashears.com slash energy. And you can download that for free there. But beyond that, I have a podcast called Becoming Limitless. And every single episode, I dive into one biohack, how to implement it and how it impacts your business so that there's no questions on whether we're seeing results or not. So it is like a goldmine. And that is one thing I'm so excited to get back to after baby is out. And I have that space for that again. Um, But those are the two places if you really just want, like, oh, give me the goods. But beyond that, I'm on Instagram at Tanessa shares. And I mean, I'm as, I'm as, I'm as easy as a DM away. If you're like, Hey, what does it look like to work with you? We'll jump on a call. It's easy as a DM. Beautiful. I love it. And I know some of my clients are currently working with you and raving about it. Uh, you're going to be getting one of those DMS from me, like help me become the CEO of my body and my health. And Tanessa, you're a badass. This is amazing. And I'll leave the listeners with this, do what we're doing here and grab life by the goals. We will see you next time. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of the episode to hear all about the free event I'm doing inside of the squad. That's Lauren's community. It's happening Wednesday, September 28th at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. And like I said, it's entirely free. There's a 45 minute workshop with me and a 15 minute Q&A at the end to get all your questions answered. I'm going to be teaching you how to optimize and use your circadian rhythm so that you can wake up and turn on focus first thing in the morning. You're going to learn my top biohacks that you can do with light, temperature, food, caffeine, and movement that are going to drastically affect how your brain shows up to your business. This means you can be more productive during the day, sustain your energy all day long, and not feel absolutely exhausted at the end of the day. This is going to be a workshop you will not want to miss. I'm so excited to be speaking inside of Lauren's group. This group is full of entrepreneurs and high performers, people just like you. And in the squad, it's pretty much networking, but made way more fun because if you didn't get it from the episode, Lauren is so much fun. So I am going to leave the link for this free event down in the description box below. And don't forget to pop on over there or follow Lauren at Lauren Widrick. It'll be in the description box and tell her that you came from this episode and say hi, let know that I sent you. I really hope to see you on our free event next week, all about biohacking your focus. Bye.